Atma Namaste, everyone. This is the first episode of the Pranic Healing Podcast, and I could not have asked for a better first guest, who is Master Glenn Mendoza, one of eight Master Pranic Healers in the entire world. And in this episode, we had so much fun answering the question, what is Pranic Healing? And please stick to the very end, because Master Glenn gives us many words of wisdom. Thank you, and enjoy. Welcome to the Pranic Healing Podcast, the premier show where we combine the art and science of energy healing and spirituality, interviewing the brightest minds in the world of pranic healing with your host, Dr. Jason Yuan. Atma Namaste, everyone. Welcome to the Pranic Healing Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jason Yuan. So this is the very first first episode of the Pranic Healing Podcast. And the mission of the podcast is to really unite audiences around the world to create an accessible social platform where listeners can learn and integrate the teachings from Pranic Healing. The aim is to inspire lasting improvements in the areas of health, happiness, wealth, and spirituality. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. He is known by many in the pranic healing world. He is a master pranic healer, a disciple to Grandmaster Chowa Koksui, father to three amazing boys, grandfather to five precious grandchildren, a loving husband to an incredible woman, a medical doctor and neonatologist for over 30 years, an associate professor, author, publisher, speaker, meditator, spiritual aspirant, seeker of deeper truths, world traveler, teacher, triathlete, photographer, friend, and lover of life. Please welcome Master Glenn Mendoza. Welcome, Master Glenn. Thank you, Jason. This is a fantastic uh, platform and a... uh, instrument of uh, spreading a wonderful work. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I hope I got everything in your biography right. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's, uh, it's, a, it's a unique talent to say all of that in one breath. So I hope I got everything uh, in your biography correct. But, you know, for the pranic healing audience out there in the entire world, we know you very well. But for the thousands of people who are listening and who will listen, can you just Tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are. Okay. How do I describe myself? Number one, I, I am a, a physician. I, I trained on uh, critically ill infants, and I have been in practice uh, for over three, three decades or more. And uh, I've, that's my life, and I love it. I, I love the medical part of it. I, I love the logic, I love the science, I love the research. Along the way, even when I was young, I was always uh, enamored uh, with the metaphysical. Uh, I wanted to meditate, but I grew up, I was brought up a Catholic. In, uh, being a Catholic, you, you just we would just learn how to pray. We were never... Learned, you were never taught how to meditate. So I want to meditate, but I didn't know what to do. So I joined some yoga groups and uh, I was searching like 
probably some of you who are tuned into this, there'll come a point in your life when you are searching, but you don't know what you're searching for. You've, you, some people will feel empty. I didn't feel empty. I just feel that I, I'm looking for something and life was even more than this. So during my process, I established my medical career. I've been in academic medicine as well as private practice and did very well. It's not that I'm leaving medicine to go to something that is not working for me. I love medicine, but at the same time, I got to know the energy aspect of life and the spiritual aspect of life. So I found uh, uh, pranic healing over two decades ago, and I was just really enamored, more enamored than it than I had with medical life. And I did it together at, at some point in time. I had uh, doing my medical practice at the same time understanding the uh, aspects of energy uh, or vibrational healing uh, at one point in time. So I guess that's in summary that I am a person who lived two lives, uh, medical doctor in day and uh, an energy healer at night. And uh, I was, I had the honor of being given the honor of Master Pranic Healer by founder of Pranic Healing, which is Master Chowa Koksui. Uh, so me and my wife were given the master. So there we are, we, we, we are honored to have that title. Great. Thank, thank you so much for that deep experience and story of your life, Master Glenn. And again, as you know, Pranic Healers ourselves, we know your story very well, but you know, for the thousands out there that don't know your story, I think that was a great first introduction to to you as our guest speaker and to everything that we're going to talk about today. So, and as you know, you have that science background, but you also have that spirituality background. And the theme of today is a big question. It's a question is, uh, what is pranic healing? And we're going to go about it, answering this question in sort of three phases, basically in the past, the present, and in the future. So just to just to put that out there, I'm sure you've gotten lots of questions about it. What is pranic healing in your words, Master Glenn? Pranic healing is a an ancient science. Uh, it uses prana. Prana means uh, universal energy or life force or life energy. And it is used, uh, of course, the word healing uh, to heal the mind, the body, and the spirit. That's how our teacher, Grandmaster Chowa Koksui, ex express it. It's a highly evolved and tested uh, and simple yet powerful, no-touch, complementary healing system. Let, let me go over that. Years ago, 10, 15, 20 years ago, there is this alternative and complementary medicine that just started really taking traction. Alternative medicine is when you substitute a uh, modality for medicine, like I'd like to deliver a baby using acupuncture. So you are alternately, alternatively using acupuncture instead of anesthesia. Uh, so you use uh, treatment of acupuncture for pain. So that's alternative. Complementary is you add it on to what medical regimen 
uh, treatment that you're having. So pranic healing is a no-touch complementary modality. Thank you. And is it considered energy healing? Uh, this is interesting, uh, Jason. Uh, years ago, years ago, the NIH uh, dumped everything into what they call frontier medicine. For those who are uh. NIH, they would know this. Uh, frontier medicine is acupuncture. Uh, frontier medicine is meditation, pranic healing, uh, Reiki, and all everything else. Uh, then somehow, if you have to look at it, they they're lost it. That now uh, we are under, according to NIH, it's biotherapy, bioenergy therapies. Bioenergy, I think bioenergy therapies, that's how the NIH call it. Uh, so they sort of categorize all this energy healing, craniosacral, quantum healing, and everything else. But in essence, the true essence of it, we are looking at energy healing. We have different there are different modalities there. And overall, my feeling was that they could be grouped under one umbrella or a consortium called energy healing. Right now, we are just tribes. Uh, there's Reiki. Uh, there's right. healing touch. There's therapeutic touch. There's craniosacral uh, therapy, um, even acupuncture, qigong. Uh, they're all over the place. And what happened was that science itself does not recognize us uh, because there is no standardization of who we are. So overall, my feeling, my suggestion, looking at what you said before, what, it, what will pranic healing be in the future? We will be under one umbrella, one consortium, which I call probably energy healing systems, or energy consort energy healing consortiums or energy healing modalities. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that that wonderful summary. Yes, it does sound like, you know, science nowadays is cramming us all into one big uh, amalgamation with meditation, energy healing and anything that they can't really explain, but it sounds like from your perspective that pranic healing is very different and in the future we will be categorized in a much more organized manner, but also in a much more evidence-based manner. And I know you touched on a couple of different modalities, uh, Master Glenn. So another big question that a lot of people have is not only what is pranic healing, but how is pranic healing different than Reiki or cranial sacral therapy or healing touch? What What is the difference? Maybe, maybe it might be uh, presumptuous of me, Jason, uh, to tell this, but We've just completed a book on energy healing as a profession. It, we just yes. completed the, a book, uh, a uh, over 250-page book on energy healing as a profession. It was a the impetus of that was actually being myself as a pranic healer and organizing pranic healing groups in response to the COVID. Uh, but by and large, in dealing with energy healing, the energy healing is ancient. Energy healing is ancient. At, at one point in time, I remember the word energy just came in only in the, 20, 21st, in the 21st century. So by and large, before, they didn't know what to call it. They didn't know what to call this energy part, except prana or chi. Those are the ones that are doing it. So by and large, it's the same thing. It's energy and using this energy. Let me, let me go back. One of the things we know 
uh, for a fact on all energy healing modalities, but more so pranic healing has said that disease will first appear or manifest in the energy body before it physically manifests itself. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, I could talk about it for five, ten minutes, but we know for a fact that disease will start first on the and, and on an energy aspect or in the energy body as what we call before it physicalizes. So by and large, all of these energy healing modalities like Reiki has been with us for almost a hundred years. Pranikel has been with us for almost 30, 40 years. So what happened was that all of them give us different facets of healing. That's why I, I prescribe more to a, an umbrella wherein all of us could probably define each modality and each understand each other. So far, we respect each other. Healing touch will respect pranic healing. We respect uh, Reiki. Reiki, being with us for almost 100 years, had done a, have a lot of followers. That's how I look at it. And therapeutic touch and healing touch, uh, these are wonderful modalities. Using energy. Yes, using energy. Uh, thank you for that that really eloquent response, Master Glenn. Yes, it it does go through the entire gamuts of you know all different types of modalities. But at the end, the common theme is that we're using this energy to help heal the body initially through the energetic body, which is different from the physical body. And I know that in energy healing, there's the word chakras. Um, I know it's a popular word. In the traditional system, there's seven chakras, but in pranic healing, there's 11. So a lot of people get a little bit confused about that. Can you explain why is there 11 or even more chakras in the pranic healing system? Let, let, me, let me go back first with the, the concept of chakra. By and large, when you start talking of chakras in a, a medical field, everybody will say you've lost it. Uh, either you become a new AG, uh, you become this woo-woo, airy-fairy kind of thing. But by and large, uh, I think, look at it from a point of view, everybody, that there are energy centers. So we have an energy, uh, actually, the, the, better, the better part to understand is, is energy is everything and everything is energy. Even, uh, Jason, from a medical point of view, Energy is glucose, and this glucose will do a lot of things in our body with biochemical coenzymes, uh, pathways, and all that to, to create energy. So energy is everything from the smallest to the glucose or even the subatomic, if you have to, all the way to the uh, planetary or cos cosmic. There is energy moving them. Okay, so what happened was that this energy healing modal, this energy aspect has energy centers. In our body, we have energy centers. Example, if you're in love, where do you feel it? In the heart. Love is in the heart. So we know from a heart. How about when you are uh, something sexual? It's a sex a center. So we have these centers within us. It's proven along the way. So by and large, historically, according to great teachers, uh, they are, there are seven energy centers in a simplistic form. 
Uh, so these energy centers are very, uh, actually, I think it was first uh, expounded uh, even in the literature introduced to the West by Madame Blavatsky in late, uh, late 1800s. So what happened was that this took traction into people saying that there are chakral system. In pranic healing, we consider other important chakras. Other people have more. But by and large, we use this according to the founder of pranic healing and erratic yoga, Grandmaster Cho Koksui. He said, we use this part of healing. All of these chakras are related to healing processes, which other people may have not mentioned. It's only for the first time that pranic healing, the teacher introduced that this concept of energy is related to any organs, all organs in our body. They supply the energy aspect in our body. Uh, that's just as simple as that. And those other mentioned chakras or energy centers that were not mentioned before, they have their also importance. And guess what? This is known in acupuncture. Although there are 306, you, you are an acupuncturist. Yes. Yep. Jason. So this has been, this chakral system has actually been known as acupuncture points for centuries. Thousands of years. Yes. Thank you, Master Glenn. I know it's a very common question. And like you said, once in the field of science, once we mentioned the word chakras, you know, people <laughs> in the room can flip their chairs and start jumping out the window. But as we all know that it, it relates back to the energy centers. Same thing how we have a liver organ. The liver organ corresponds to the solar plexus energy center. Same thing for the heart organ. It responds to the heart energy center. So it's a very clear and transparent one-to-one comparison. And as you said, it's been known for thousands of years, even in acupuncture. And I know you brought up a very special topic, and that topic is Grandmaster Choa Kok Sui, who you mentioned is the founder of modern pranic healing and arhatic yoga. So I just wanted the audience to hear from you. How did you get to meet Master Choa? And how was your early journey in pranic healing like with Master Choa? This is interesting because uh, I, I, my background is I'm, I'm from the Philippines. So Master Cho was also from the Philippines, but actually we've been here in the United States for a long, long time already. So we actually met him here in New York City. So we met Master Cho. We met Pranic Healing along the way while we have been in the United States, although our background, uh, we're, we're, we are Filipinos. So even in the Philippines, during the time of my early search, I was actually, have not heard of Master Choa, uh, but actually, he actually is a businessman. He took MBA and he comes from a well-to-do family, but somehow he got enamored with uh, this healing modality. And he developed it. He wrote the first book and finished it around 1987 and started spreading this energy healing in different parts of the world. So I divided, he divided the spread of pranic healing for first 10 years. Uh, he was able to spread it to almost 70 countries throughout the whole world. Now we have spread it to over 120 countries the last 
this is just a month ago, that we were able to see it. When you say 120 countries, there are pranic healing centers, there are workshops there, and it's not only that they were just taught and done with. So it has expanded, it has spread different cultures, different religion, all religions. We have Jain, we have Buddhism, we have Christian, we have Muslim, we have Buddhist. Uh, you will see it that it's accepting all philosophies, all religion, all creed, and all cultures and languages at the same time. Like you said, there seems to be a very close relationship with energy healing uh, and spirituality. And uh, Master Choa was, uh, for us, a very inspiring teacher. I know for myself, I did not have the opportunity to meet Master Choa physically, but many of us pranic healers have. So it's always nice and inspiring to hear uh, stories of Master Choa because he was such a great teacher in establishing pranic healing and arhatic yoga. And for our audiences, is there any special story or personal experience you would like to share about Master Choa and how he was as a teacher or as a person that can kind of inspire us a little bit? I would say that he is a he is the guru or spiritual teacher of the 21st century. For some of us uh, who you could see in at one point in time, you could see it with Steve Jobs. You could see it with great spiritual uh, teachers who great spiritual, no, great spiritual leaders. Uh, all of a sudden they stopped their work. They left, leave their family or just go to India to find spirituality uh, and try to get a guru or a teacher to teach them the light, the way, the journey. Masichova is a 21st century we're in. We don't have to go to him. He comes to the, each country almost every week. He's a, in fact, I coined the word that he's a globe-trotting guru. Every week he goes from one country, one city to another, all through his lifetime to teach and spread spirituality, to teach and spread pranic healing, and to go to the students. I, I remember one time he said there was this uh, saying that when the student is ready, what is that? Jason? When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. The teacher will appear. According to Master Choa, when the students are ready, he said, I don't have a choice. I have to be there. Do you understand? Uh, from a teaching of a great teacher, I have to be there. So a yeah. very, very good person, very good healer. He had a lot of, uh, uh, I've seen him do a lot of uh, miraculous healing, even in front of uh, this are public uh, sessions. And uh, he just has a, a way with him. And he had tens of thousands people who are taking arhatic yoga throughout the whole world and hundreds of thousands of pranic healer throughout the whole world uh, doing pranic healing and meditation and twin hearts. Yeah, that that's, that's amazing. Uh, Choa was truly a special, very special human, very special soul uh, with his ability to, like you said, travel around the world, you know, having to let go of priorities with family and friends and really prioritize the spiritual aspect, you know, uh, reaching out to many souls and spiritual students. And I think the next part of the quote is when the student is, when the student is really ready, 
the teacher disappears. So can you tell us uh, the time when Master Choa transitioned out of the physical body and how that was like for everyone? Um, actually, the saying, the saying when the student is really ready, the teacher will disappear. It doesn't have to be the teacher will have to be physically out. Uh, mm, my, yes. un my understanding of that, uh, even for myself, uh, I had the honor of being with Master Choa for 40, over 14 years, around 14 years. So uh, it was a, a we, it, it was a time of my life wherein I spiritually grew. I become a better person, a better version of myself. Uh, I got to learn the higher teachings and higher truths. At one point in time, in one of the retreats that he's holding, I left there and sort of, I would say to myself, I don't need a teacher anymore. It's not that I don't need it. It's like there is an inspiration within me, within my heart. Uh, I don't know where uh, a part of my energy being wherein the teacher will always be there. So when they said that when the student is ready, really ready, the teacher will disappear. It took have seven more years with him. But in my heart, I was inspired. If you have to look at the esoteric or theosophical features of teachers and the relationship of disciples, there is something that they have mentioned about that. Thank you, Master Green. Thank you for that, that distinction that, yes, uh, even when the teacher uh, is not physically in the body, that we are all still connected to the energy and the energy also through the teachings, uh, through pranic healing in Arhatic Yoga. So I know we, we talked about a lot. Um, also, I know that something important in pranic healing, as pranic healing is, is the healing aspect. But we mentioned Arhatic Yoga, which is the more spiritual aspect. Can you just quickly describe what Arhatic Yoga is and uh, what that entails and why it's important? Uh, let me go back to what you were saying earlier, uh, what some of our distinctions before. What happened was that energy healing has been known for a long time, uh, but more or less this energy healing was geared towards or combined with the spiritual healing. We see it in shamanism. The shaman, the witch doctor, uh, the, not really the witch doctor, the healing doctor and the spiritual teacher are one. In the Bible, they are laying of hands by the spiritual teachers. Why? Because all of a sudden they have this tremendous amount of energy that they were able to use for healing of the sick and those with severe ailments. Uh, we have that exemplified in the Bibles and in the spiritual teachings. So by and large, at one point, spirituality and he energy healing or spiritual healing were actually dumped together. As man evolved, usually and the use of complementary and energy healing, it starts to do it on its own. So this energy healing was able to move forward. Master Chowa, being as with this wisdom, was able to separate. We have a very strong uh, healing arm in pranic healing and a very, very strong spiritual arm or meditative arm in Arhatic Yoga. So these are through two things that he was able to move forward with the same power, with the same 
uh, I would say, a force and and um, energy came with it. So arhatic yoga stems from the word arhat, and arhat is like uh, translated into a saint. It's a, it's a very evolved uh, person who can hold his, he has a strong physical body, who has a calm emotions, and who has a stillness or keen mind, sharp mind. So do we have that? Maybe yes, maybe no. But these are really sharpened to such an extent that they are called an arhat or arhant. In I think in in the Buddha they call it in Chinese they call it lohan. So these are all saints. So the next word is yoga. Yoga means union or yoke or something like that. That means fusing. Uh, what does fusing mean? So yoga in itself, like people want to have oneness with their higher soul. So that means they strive their spiritual practice to have oneness with the higher soul. We will all have oneness with the higher soul when we all die. That's just oneness with God, oneness with all. But what happened, yoga itself was established to have oneness with our higher soul while we're still alive. So you combine the techniques and practice and uh, meditation practices with arhatic yoga and combine that with the achieving oneness with the higher soul. That's in essence is arhatic yoga, a revolutionary uh, spiritual practice that is safe and practiced by, as I said, tens of thousands throughout the whole world. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Master Glenn. It, it felt like you took us from starting about energy healing and all the way to the next <laughs> yes. exponential universe about the soul and spirituality. So thank you for your, again, such a lovely explanation of what Arhatic Yoga is and how that's deeply connected to uh, energy healing and how that related into the past with spiritual healing. So maybe, maybe, maybe sorry, Jason, maybe yes. I just want to let you know when people took yoga, when I, I just, I just taught uh, Arhatic Yoga for close to 40 people in Atlanta the past weekend. And what happened was that people, when they go to yoga, they were thinking that they were going to do, um, they need a mat. They need uh, to need they they need some exercises. Uh, that's how we visualize yoga. But this more future yogas is actually synthesis of yogas. It, uh, we have the exercises part to make our body strong. We have the emotional aspect of yoga to make us more devotional, and and we have the mental and uh, knowledge and wisdom yoga. Uh, to stimulate that. So arhatic yoga is actually more of a mental yoga, uh, which is not seen in most of the yogas we are aware of right now. Yes. I think uh, Master Choa describes it, the yoga synthesis, where we, again, like you said, integrate the different aspects of yoga and uh, not just the yoga mat where we do a couple of poses and we achieve oneness with the higher soul, maybe in the future, but... Uh, so continuing on, just kind of moving forward, you know, pranic healing now is probably the biggest it's ever been. Um, and a lot of people ask, you know, do I have to be gifted to learn pranic healing? Do I have to feel energy? Do I have to be intuitive? 
how can the average normal person learn pranic healing and apply it in their lives? It's interesting. You, you said that uh, uh, because like, as I've mentioned earlier, I've been, I've been excited or attracted to uh, metaphysical healing, alternative healing, complementary healing before uh, I even found pranic healing. So when I took pranic healing, I said, this is so as uh, number one, I'm a doctor. I do this one. Uh, it was just to me, it was just something that I probably just breezed through just to complete it. Uh, honest, honestly, uh, truth be told, I was really excited. Uh, I was, I really enjoyed my first class. So I get to feel energy in, in, in the first uh, level one basic pranic healing workshop. You'll be able to feel the energy even see the energy and use this energy to uh, do a simple uh, to even mild or moderate uh, ailments. And you could uh, use it in the, in the workshop. So it's really uh, wonderful. Any, any person, average person, if you ask them, they, some of the, most of the people we have in our classes, they knew that they have the, innate ability to heal. They just didn't know how. Similar to my meditation experiences. So pranic healing just gives some keys, uh, gives some direction or point to uh, a path uh, and it's just fall into place. Thank you. Cal, you mentioned the keys and the path because I, I find that with pranic healing, it's almost like a, a recipe, right? You follow the steps, you know, one through eighth. A to Z, and at the end you'll you'll get the cake. So it's it's very simple, uh, very straightforward, but of course very uh, scientific, very evidence based, and it works. And you, I know you mentioned a couple of the classes. So we have basic pranic healing, we have advanced psychotherapy, all the way up to arhatic yoga. Is there anything you would like to talk about the classes? Because it sounds like each class is catered to a different aspect of either pranic healing or getting to arhatic yoga? It's just one step. I, I, I look at it before. I said, can we just have a one class that will imbibe all? I, I realize it's just the concepts. There are a lot of concepts when you see very hard for medicine or science to accept something that they cannot see. Uh, both of us are medical practitioners, uh, Jason and for those of your listeners uh, who have scientific background, first thing they wanted to do is said, uh, what is a scientific basis? So give me articles on that as if it will change their mind. Think about it. Sometimes uh, science science wants to, oh, oh this is just how I, I looked at it. Uh, metaphysical or metaphysical or energy aspects will always be ahead of science because science is doing its job from a lens of science to prove it evidence-based. And that's okay. I don't have any problems with that. So what happened was that like energy, we have to hold your hand to do, go to an advanced pranic healing, which uses some color, color pranas. Aha, color pranas. I didn't know they have colors. So according to a great teacher, uh, in the 1920s, he predicted that in 100 years, uh, healing will be this, the healing, healing will explode. I, I don't know if the right word, 
was explode, but will spread through vibration, through color, through sound. Do you understand? So this great yes. teacher has predicted that this energy healing will come in form of energy or vibration, sound or color. So this advanced pranic healing will teach you how to generate some of what we call color energies to accelerate the healing process. And uh, later on, uh, there's a level wherein we do uh, some pranic healing for emotional and psychological conditions. It's been noted for a fact that 90% of emotional and psychological ailments actually are emotional or psychological in origin. That's a proven... Wow, 90%. 90%. So it's been proven and pranic healing could help that. From stress all the way to addiction, all the way to phobia uh, and other else. Thank you. Thank you. That's That's a great encapsulation of what you know, pranic healing is and how it can really treat the spectrum of different uh, diseases and conditions from very, you know, simple conditions to, you know, very advanced, even psychological conditions. And just moving forward, I know the next big topic is meditation and meditation on twin hearts. Um, and I know that that's a staple meditation for, for us pranic healers, but how would you describe meditation on twin hearts for the average person, Master Glenn? Actually, I'll describe when I first went to pranic healing, I wanted to do some research. And one of the research I did was actually on meditation and twin hearts for uh, first 10 years. I, I meditate. I uh, did some studies on it. Uh, the first uh, meditation, one of the studies that I've done, going back to your question about meditation and twin hearts, uh, meditation is like you pray, you pray to God. You pray to the higher beings, you ask, you talk to them. But actually, meditation is sort of like in simplest, simplest way. It's not my original thing. You just listen. So, but meditation is just even deeper than that. Uh, meditation is the platform we were in. We could actually go into our most subtle energy aspects of our being including the higher soul. That's through meditation. So meditation and twin hearts is a simple, powerful, easy to follow meditation. I told you I never do meditation, but this master Cho will guide us into a meditative state. Then you feel good. Uh, then later on, you go deeper and deeper. There are advanced meditations that one can do. It doesn't stop there. But meditation in Twin Hearts is based on two factors, uh, many factors, but one is the physical heart. Uh, you develop the heart. The secret of all religions is actually the heart. So you open up your physical heart. Once you open up your physical heart, then we have what we call the divine heart. That's why it's Twin Hearts. So this Twin yes. Hearts, actually the divine heart and the spiritual or uh, the the physical heart and the divine heart, you will get to use this to bless Mother Earth, bless your family, bless your loved ones. So the essence is meditation and twin hearts. You give, you receive. It's like uh, the cycles of life, inhalation, exhalation, contraction, relaxation, intensity, 
and relaxation. It's all over in medicine, the cycles. So we do that by giving, we receive. And by doing that, uh, it's been known, uh, we've proven that it's remote. The minimum you can do is you make you relax. Done. And the second thing was that it could remove stress. It could heal relationships. Uh, it, it had healed ailments and other things that we've seen in the past. In fact, the recent study, which we're actually analyzing now, Jason, is looking at uh, microbiota. If you want to hear the sum of microbiota, uh, it's, it's the organ, microorganisms in our system. By doing practices and comparing to a database, what happens? And they look at our RNA sequencing. It's just one area that we're doing studies right now, and uh, we're compiling and reviewing the results we've just had. Wow. Amazing. Thank you, Master Glenn. Again, I love how you take, take it very simple from starting with meditation and how that's just an aspect of listening all the way to you know, how <laughs> Twin Hearts can help heal and connect us higher to our soul, but also, again, being grounded back into the research, how meditation on twin hearts actually improves our gut microbiota or the bacteria in our system. So it's a definitely very exciting time uh, to be in the world of pranic healing. So just to kind of close, uh, I know we spoke a lot about uh, what pranic healing is. We kind of looked at through the past, the present, uh, through, you know, energy healing, through our heart yoga, through meditation, through your experiences with Master Choa. Now looking on towards the future, uh, in your opinion, your vision, Master Glenn, what does the future hold for pranic healing? You're fantastic, uh, Jason. Uh, I, I've never asked this question, but I already, I, I am not a, a great visionary like the teacher or great spiritual teachers, but one of the things I've seen, uh, I've seen energy healing modalities, uh, gathering together under one consortium, under one umbrella. And each one of us will respect each other. And science, as a, as a strong force in the future, uh, we realize that they, will, they don't have a choice but to recognize that there is such thing as energy healing, that this is just not an airy-fairy, uh, hocus-pocus uh, kind of thing wherein you talk about chakras, they roll their eyes. They talk about energy, they roll their eyes. You know, I, I think in the future, uh, energy healing will be part of medicine. It will be, it will, uh, it will be an adjunct to the practice of medicine. And uh, a resistant as science can be, uh, they do not have a choice because the reality is there. We know for a fact that people will use alternative and complementary medicines in, in, in dollars already. So just by looking at it, people are looking into uh, other alternatives. Look at, think about it. How many things, how many of you start to look at alternatives in your diet? that science has probably not considered. How many of you are looking at alternatives in your intake of vitamins or health, uh, in health and well-being as we start to focus on health and well-being of ourselves and others? Uh, energy healing will come into four, including pranic healing. And I could see because of the uh, 
a way pranic healing has been used uh, to address scientific and evidence-based, we will use it in the future to justify this modalities and technology that we're using uh, and at the same time answer these abstruse questions or concepts that science has been always could not answer. So I hope in the future, I, I would love to have researchers come in and try to prove that this energy healing is actually the real McCoy or it's a reality within our existence. Yes, yes. And as we know, energy healing is the real deal. So um, science is always catching up. But like you said so greatly, Master Glenn, that like with everything with our diet and especially now with vitamins and minerals being a hot topic, energy healing will definitely come into fruition with that importance and significance that you've highlighted. And I think it would be a very exciting time, uh, like you said, in the next maybe 10, 20 years to see how energy healing and pranic healing will become integrated and a part of our lifestyle, uh, in our health, in our well-being. So as we come to a close, I would like to ask this question, and I'm going to ask this question to every guest that we have on in the future. Any words of wisdom or encouragement for our audience, Master Glenn? <laughs> I, I think that's that's uh, that's you should have prompted me on that question. Now, every, now, <laughs> now I have to think about it. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling uh, was that uh, we are looking to entertaining some things that are not seen. Uh, we are looking into something that it's always been there. Look at the evolution of each and every one of us, a physical evolution, emotional evolution, human evolution, we'd always like to be better. We improve. That's why it's called evolution. And part yes. of this evolution is understanding what we don't see. Part of this evolution is uh, seeing this energy as a tool for our health and well-being. So this pranic healing is a important tool in the future wherein we could complementary use it uh, in our health, in our well-being, in our ailments, in our emotional and psychological conditions. And I hope to invite you. Uh, no, I, I like to invite you to attend a pranic healing uh, workshop. Uh, you could ask uh, Dr. Jason, uh, you want to, for any information on pranic healing, uh, or you could log on to our website, pranichealingusa.com, pranichealingusa.com, uh, to g have an idea of what pranic healing is. Again, thank you, Jason. Yes, thank you so much, Master Glenn. And yes, I'll leave um, in the show notes the website and social media, because Master Glenn does the weekly twin heart meditations uh, every week. And even today, uh, auspicious time, we're doing a full moon meditation tonight. So I'll leave all of those links so that our audience can access and learn about pranic healing and meditation and uh, hopefully take the classes. So again, thank you so much, Master Glenn. It's always an honor and privilege to be in your presence. It's been so much fun speaking 
to you on a topic that we both share and love. And the audience and I are deeply grateful for your time, service, and words of wisdom. Uh, and also, we would be so happy and grateful for you to come back on the podcast again and talk about another aspect of your num numerous accomplishments that took me uh, 10 breaths to say and different <laughs> stories in your life. So uh, again, thank you, Master Glenn and uh, Atma Namaste, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pranic Healing Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review and supporting the podcast by sending a donation or becoming a member on our Patreon page. Your support goes a long way in allowing us to produce more high-quality episodes with great guests. We thank you and hope to see you in the next episode.